everybody, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their film and television portrayals. My name is Sam Chung, and today we will be taking a look at The Crown Season 2, Episode 3, entitled Lisbon. As always, I am joined today by two people uh, equally unqualified to be making any sort of definitive claim about the royal family. First, a man who hates hats but loves his heart tie. It's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Sam? I'm doing great. Why aren't you wearing your ha- uh, heart tie today? Uh, <laughs> damn it, Sam. <laughs> um, it, it's at the dry cleaners right now. You dry clean your ties? <laughs> yeah. How else do you do it? I don't know. I don't think I've ever cleaned a tie, <laughs> to be honest. Uh <laughs> Also back with us, once again, a woman who loves making the men in her life remove their hats as a sign of deference. It's Carlin Greenwalls. <laughs> Carlin, uh, you're a big fan of symbolism via fashion, correct? That, that is absolutely correct. And Carlin, I'm very excited because you and I are in the same location today. We are sitting right next to each other, and I'm very excited about that. We are. Unfortunately, it cannot be shared by our audience, but we're definitely having a great time here. We're having a great time, and Ivan, you're, not, you're nowhere close. Very far away. <laughs> it's all right. You're here with us in spirit. Um, now, before Practically we... St- Antarctica. You're in Antarctica. <laughs> um, any fun facts about penguins or huskies that you want to tell us? Uh, no, but I know which direction I need to go in to get to Buckingham Palace. Um, all right. So, as always, uh, right off the top, we want to mention that, you know, if you came here because you're curious about whether the events that actually happened in this episode are accurate, you came to the wrong place because we have no idea. We are kind of assuming that everything that happened in the TV, on, or I guess on the TV, in the episode, is fact. And that's kind of what we're going to go with today. So um, if we saw it on the screen, it really happened. And we don't know anything besides that. We have no clue. So yeah. Um, as always, I guess we'll get things kicked off with a quick recap of the episode before we dive in more fully. And Carlin, you have a recap for us this week, right? I, I do have a recap. All right. So we got a couple storylines going on. We got Elizabeth and Philip. We got Anthony Eaton. And we have Eileen doing the best ever. <laughs> so basically, Philip is in Antarctica with Mike. He sends a nice little letter back. It's really cute. And then Tommy is brought in because Michael cannot handle Eileen trying to cause all this scandal by trying to get divorced from her shitty husband. And so <laughs> Tommy is brought in. He's like, I got the damage control. Like, don't even worry. I've done this a million times. And then um, Anthony Eaton, he gets to return from Jamaica. And uh, the conservative party is immediately like, um, I'm sorry. Everyone's really unhappy with you right now. So, like, you're just, can you leave? And she gets really mad because, like, he's unpopular because of, like, a decision the whole group made. But the group is like, you know, sorry, we got to keep going here. This is just politics. Like, can you just leave nicely? And he's like, no, fuck that. I got to I'm mad about this. He gets very emotional. He, he does not like being ousted um, from his position. He worked so hard to get, as we remember from all the times, <laughs> he was, like, trying to get power with Winston. This guy's just had a bad time in Parliament, and uh, does he deserve it or not? Who knows? And then Elizabeth is just kind of dealing with the fact that, like, she's aware that there's, like, a growing um, possible scandal with Philip, and she gets to experience this emotion that, like, we all usually feel very early, but apparently she doesn't get to feel until she's, I don't really know how old she is, but I'm assuming she's, like, somewhere between, like, 
25 and 35. So, like, she's finally experiencing humiliation, <laughs> um, which, uh, sorry, Elizabeth, kind of sucks. But basically, Elizabeth tries to get Eileen to, uh, you know, not go out with her uh, divorce. And Eileen's like, fuck you. I'm getting divorced. Mike sucks. And uh, so that happens, and it causes a big scandal. Enough so that Mike has to, like, immediately reside. And uh, then Philip has to come home early. Elizabeth and Philip have, like, a talk. Elizabeth's like, all right, we can't get divorced because, uh, you know, we're God and stuff, and that's just not allowed. So what do we have to do to get you to stop being so unpleasant and causing so few, you know, cause some fewer scandals, perhaps? And he gets a prince title and makes everyone shave their mustaches. Good job, Philip. That's about it. Thanks, Carlin. Uh, so this might be the wrong place to start this episode, but I'm fascinated by Tommy Lassels in this episode. <laughs> and just like the whole engine that runs the royal family in this episode, because Tommy's clearly retired. He's gotten this excellent severance package, we learn, where he apparently has, like, a car and a driver, and he has so much money, and all he does is sit at home and clean his guns, but he's ready for the moment when he's called back into duty, and he's just ready to pounce. You know, the one funny thing was he had such, like, a James Bond vibe in this episode, <laughs> like, to the point where he was sitting on that bench, like, ready to start, you know, making moves. And it was like, this man, he he, he had glory days, and he can't, he can't leave the glory days of micromanaging the <laughs> royal family. And he was such a good James Bond up until that moment where he wasn't like his entire <laughs> like ruse with Eileen, where he, you know, just makes small talk with her, ask how she's doing and, and, and presumably all with like the, you know, intention to kind of butter her up to get her to, you know, essentially not move forward with this divorce. And he was so good at it for a moment. And then he just laid all of his cards on the table way too quickly and she saw right through it man like i was that was such a frustrating scene to watch because like in a way i i was almost rooting for tommy because of like the whole spy nature of what he was doing it was interesting to watch and then he just completely just fucked it up what do we think do you think it's just like he lost a step in his retirement like what happened to him well i just thought eileen was smart but that's also <laughs> possible <laughs> Yeah, but like again, like he he was so good at just making it seem like he was just you know innocently sitting on that bench, happened to run into her by coincidence, and then he's just like, "By the way, you shouldn't <laughs> do this thing," a as if it was his place at all. And then yeah, immediately the the illusion was broken. Like he was ah, that was frustrating. He was so bad at that. He really was. Yeah, um, he's out there reading the campaigns of Napoleon, which I'm sure is just an enthralling read. <laughs> I, I feel like that's all any men in like this circle of the royal family this time would be reading. Like if one of them says they're reading like, OK, as someone who should know a literary reference right now, I, uh, I don't have one. I was going to say Catcher in the Rye, but I don't think that came out then. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Yeah. <laughs> if he was reading the, like I wish yeah. someone was reading The Hobbit. <laughs> All right, so back to, I guess, the main plot between <laughs> uh, Elizabeth and Philip. So um, at the beginning of the episode, Philip is going to send over a video. Uh, is this a video? I guess it's just a letter at this point, right? And then yeah, both. Maybe it was just a letter. Okay, he sends the video first, and it's all this sort of like footage from Antarctica, 
which just seems riveting. You know, if they don't know where Antarctica is, maybe it's exciting to see a place. It's just <laughs> no. Wait, it looked like wait, he was are having you, are you fun. Being sarcastic? That 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 was no, cool. I, like, I, Sam doesn't like the you don't Antarctica. Think that was riveting? Like if, if somebody sent me a video of themselves in Antarctica with like penguins and huskies, I'd be into it. I can see a husky are you not, here. Are you not impressed? You, can you see a bunch of penguins? Uh, yeah, it's called the aquarium. Um, can you can you <laughs> hang out with the penguins? Um, I actually don't know. Can you, you? cannot I hang mean, out with the penguins. There are all these COVID videos of penguins just running around <laughs> no. places. If you could go to Antarctica, you two would take a video and you would send it back to us and we would also be enthused about your penguin adventures. Yeah, like, I mean, th this is basically Philip sharing his Instagram stories in, in 1957. <laughs> the last thing I want to see probably, I think, is Philip's Instagram. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you did you appreciate the line where uh, Elizabeth is like, make sure to put Philip's picture by the kids' beds so they remember what he looks like? I thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel bad for those kids again. Like, I I don't know if that age, if I would forget someone that important. For, the fact, you know, I don't think they would forget at least not Charles and the fact that she thought they would. Well, presumably, like he has been out of their lives potentially like up to half the time right with all the traveling that they do like minus the malta years ever since elizabeth became queen he they've probably had to be like out of the day-to-day child-rearing picture for the most part right i guess but i think they visit them like daily weekly i don't know i have no idea I don't know. <laughs> We're just going to underestimate Charles and then never stop underestimating Charles. <laughs> Sorry, that just reminded me of the line at the end where <laughs> Mike basically just breaks down why Liz hates Charles so much. <laughs> oh my God, that was like, it. <laughs> I don't know if you're actually aware of that. Like, wow, I just had this kid as a reminder of my death. <laughs> and then she's just going to outlive him. We don't know might happen that's just that's why she's still alive because she just refuses to let that happen yeah there's so much to unpack from this episode like it, it was it was a blockbuster of an episode but I, I feel like i need to draw some immediate attention to something that that almost makes this episode as uh, the perfect proof of concept for our podcast which is the fact that for the past you know season plus a couple of episodes i was just willfully ignorant of the fact that philip was not prince philip yet <laughs> oh yeah no <laughs> i didn't realize that. i've been calling him prince philip for like the past oh, 12 too. episodes just i had no idea that he was only the duke up until that point like wow we we really don't know anything i don't understand why i mean like i guess now they set precedent but can you like i guess i do get why he was kind of mad if like your only problems are the fact that you do or don't have a title and then you just don't get one i guess and my question is like is this really going to make a difference like if someone doesn't respect you is just making yourself a prince through like a, a big ceremony really going to make them respect you now? He just needed that ceremony to boost his confidence and then he can act like the prince he always wanted to be. <laughs> I think he was for a second. Wasn't he like royalty in Greece? Maybe he just wanted that back. And Denmark, right? Yeah, well, I think so. Well, so that's the other thing. Like with that title, he, he's also now being referred to as his royal highness, correct? That, that was not a distinction that he had prior. I guess not. I have no yeah. idea. So Sounds I, right. 
Sure. I mean, okay, so so in his mind, him getting this title means that he's going to be commanding the respect that he thinks he deserves and like apparently he does now. Uh I mean, <laughs> I got to say though, the entire uh you know, scene where he's being given the title, it just felt like Elizabeth was just putting more and more shit on him, like here's a sword, <laughs> here's a crown, here's a cape, here's a javelin. Like eventually he was just going to collapse under the the weight of all of that ceremonial stuff. That's what he wanted. You know, would he not rather just be on the floor covered in like really heavy, expensive royal <laughs> regalia than have nothing? On the Philip note, I liked, and this is a, I guess facial hair is a big theme in the episode because when they're watching the video in Antarctica, Philip notes how they all have beards and then they're like, oh, they do all have beards. And then Elizabeth is like, it makes them look a bit shifty. No, that was Margaret. Margaret <laughs> oh, was said Margaret. it made it look a bit, made them look a bit yeah. shifty. And then Elizabeth was like, oh, I think it makes him look like an explorer, <laughs> which um, I'm not going to go into this divergent now, but uh, those explorers were actually having a really bad time. So that's <laughs> not a compliment. Yeah, I, I, I thought the whole kind of haggard look for for philip and mike and and really everybody else on that boat had gotten a little out of control there was just something about all the scenes on the ship where you know everybody's wearing like shorts and they have they're like poorly groomed and like the whole time i just kept thinking like this boat probably smells really bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah it had like this whole like kind of like steam room sweatshop vibe to it and Oh, yeah, it did not look pleasant. No. <laughs> Should we switch gears and talk a little about a uh, little bit about the politics of this episode? Because Anthony Eden is back from Jamaica to a raucous reception, clearly, and things just go from bad to worse for him. They really do. Oh, actually, I, I clipped one clip <laughs> from the episode, and it might be my favorite clip. You wanted it every bit as much as I did. what was the guy's name i i just i just chancellor something or was it mcmillan mcmillan oh that mcmillan they all look the same to to be totally honest quiburn from game of thrones (gasps) (gasps) that's it that's who he is i was like this guy has a really friendly like i would trust him disposition i didn't know why and now you say that like i don't even remember trust him he feels like the least trustworthy person. he has a nice old man face no, he just not. He's he running does. experiments. He's him. resurrecting the mountain. No. Like he is not to be trusted. <laughs> no, he's a nice man. Quite. <laughs> oh my god. I was even thinking, like, we haven't seen like I was watching the intro and I was like, this feels so Game of Thrones-esque, like the intro, but they had to like tone it down because it's like actually real people. And then I thought, you know, if they ever made a series that was like the Lannisters, but there was nothing exciting that ever happened to them, it's just like the literal day to day. Of what they were doing, I'd be like, I'd watch that. That's the show. No, (laughs) No, there's exciting things that happened. No, if it was just, if it was literally just like seasons one and two, but like there's no battle. That's the show. I'm telling you. No, we're we're getting Game of Thrones without without the game for the Thrones. Yeah, but like, like even more boring. Again, no, no war. (laughs) I mean, have you seen some of the episodes of this series? Like, it's, it can be pretty uneventful. I mean, it's been like eight years <laughs> since <laughs> I uh, saw the the good seasons. And then I did read the books. Do you two hit skip intro when, when that, that intro comes around for this show? Usually I do, but show? I didn't this time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because I was going to say, I, I agree with Carlin. It has like, it, it seems like it's trying to go for that Game of Thrones vibe where there's a lot of like abstract stuff flying around and then a bunch of names of ensemble actors, but it, it, it's nowhere near. Well, yeah, as there were a bunch of shows that did that though. Like as soon as Game of Thrones came out and everybody's like, ooh, look at that. And then I feel like, did you ever see that star show, Black Sails? I need to see Black <laughs> Sails. Everyone says no. it's really good. Their intro does the same thing. It's just like a bunch of like, um, I don't know, yeah. what are they called? Doubloons? Westworld. Like, but it doesn't have a map. The part of Game of Thrones that was fun was being able to see the map and having like a scale of how far away everything was. And then the showrunners would just abandon I mean, that. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't, wait, but wouldn't that be useful here? Like if all of a sudden it just kind of like flies past London and goes to Sandringham and we can be like, oh, that's where Sandringham is. Yes. Yes. Because I have no idea where these castles are. I think it should, no, it should be Philip's um, <laughs> Olympic tour. I don't know. Yeah, Game of Thrones used to be good. Sorry We're about, not here that. To talk about that. Are they ever We're gonna series? Wrong show. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, that's the title intro. What were you talking about? Um, we were talking about everybody gaslighting Anthony. Oh yeah. No. See. Anyway, so I trusted McMillan. So I was like, Yeah, you're right. Anthony sucks. <laughs> but it does feel like everybody's gaslighting him because everybody was like, Yeah, whatever. Let's do it. And then McMillan is like, I never said that. And then Liz is like, Well, that was kind of always a bad idea. And Anthony's I like, know. What? <laughs> I did notice Elizabeth gaslighting him. I think in this show, and, and I don't know if this is going to continue to be a trend, but we are, as the audience generally kind of led to hate the party, but feel somewhat sympathetic for the prime minister, sometimes not at first, but as they near the end of their term and they're in decline, you always kind of like feel the sense of like, oh, poor guy, but you know, with Anthony Eden, it's like, <laughs> it's hard to muster up any sympathy for him. I felt bad for his wife. Cause like when they were on, they were like on the train and then like trying to just get to Elizabeth and like, they were being like jostled in these crowds. And you just know if one of those guys got a hold of him, like they would have punched him. She's right there. She probably would have gotten punched too. Like, I just feel bad for that woman. She, she didn't seem like she did anything wrong, except apparently have bad taste in men. But uh, they all kind of <laughs> did, so it's fine. Yeah, like name one woman on the show that has good taste in men. I, I can't say that anyone does at this point. Well, I guess, you know what? Um, Queen Mother does because Birdie was pretty great. Okay, okay. yeah. That's the it. The exception that proves the rule. All right, and so Anthony has to go to Sandringham to tender his resignation. He can't just send a letter. He has to go do it in person at her like vacation house. So he gets off at what I can only assume is Wolferton Station, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, right? Because that's Sandringham, right? I think so, right? That's the same. Yeah, I think that was Wolferton. Yeah, that's Wolferton Station. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> and um, gets booed all the way to, the, <laughs> to Sandringham. Hilarious. I, I, I didn't think that that place was even densely populated enough to draw those kinds of crowds. <laughs> there were like actual protesters outside of the gates of the castle, right? Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't really know what they were protesting because like we didn't really get a glimpse of like what the everyday person is going through. So I'm just like, I mean, I'm sure they're mad about something. I feel like we haven't gotten a glimpse of what the actual everyday person goes through since um, Venetia. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's been it's, a minute. <laughs> Now if, you, yeah. now, if you want to talk about good taste in men. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, Liz gives Winst or Liz gives um, Anthony Eden this whole long speech about, like, 
<laughs> she basically just emasculates him. <laughs> She's like, oh, it must have been so hard for you living in uh, Winston's shadow for so long. And uh, often you should probably just do nothing. Yeah. No, she, I don't know if she figured that out like afterwards or like who told her not to tell him this the first time. It's like she can be passive up until like the government has made a decision to get rid of someone. And then she's like, all right, I can give my real opinion now. She is the queen of Monday morning quarterbacking. But you know what? She did have a great blazer on. And like <laughs> I, I had a note in like my notes from back like months ago. And it just said Claire Foy in a blazer in all caps. And that was, I don't think I listened to anything she said the first time we watched this. <laughs> because of the blazer it was such a great blazer because so blazer. uh shout out to costuming nice job because elizabeth usually looks um like a grandma despite the fact that she's supposed to be like i don't i think she's in her 30s i really don't know but they really got they put her in the grandma outfits like so early where you're like all right see now old elizabeth you're like okay this makes sense you're you're old you're doing old people fashion now no she's been doing it for like 70 years but yeah. the blazer good and then um She's kind of going to do the same thing with... Wait, what's McMillan's first name? Does he have a first name? Um, Quiburn. <laughs> Quiburn McMillan. Uh, yeah, he's then going to come and be like, I'm the prime minister now. And Liz is basically going to be like, well, you know, you have to accept your part in this mess too. So she really just likes dressing down these old men. But again, she didn't say any of this before. And no. I just want to know, <laughs> how does she think? I, I will say this. With, without being well-versed in this part of British history or really most parts of British history, like Qui Quiburn McMillan, this new prime minister, he has like, I don't think he's going to have much staying power. I, I, I'm calling it right now. He, he does not come across as a character that we are expected to get to know well and, and, and have around for a while. I, mean, I, think, I don't think he's going to be in office for long. Yeah, to be honest, I don't know a single prime minister up until Thatcher, so... I think we have a long uh, time. Churchill. Uh, between... It goes straight from Winston Churchill to Thatcher. Yeah. Sorry, England. Um, yeah. No one else made a huge impact. I'm sorry. I mean, and to be fair, we have that we, too. We, just, lo we like... just lost our like four British viewers. <laughs> no, I mean, we could, we could uh, I don't it. think they care either. I mean, like... yeah, no, I feel like America has that period of time too, where everybody like between Lincoln and probably Teddy Roosevelt is like, eh. <laughs> they got there somehow. Yeah, was Polk in there? I don't even know. I thought Polk was before Link. I... <laughs> Please don't test there, me. Right? <laughs> Please don't test me right now. <laughs> I name one president between them. Um, I know it. Grover Cleveland twice. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a family member named Grover Cleveland. Wait, are you serious? I have a lot of them actually. I mean, they're all dead. You have like... multiple family members named Grover Cleveland. Yeah, they were Grover Cleveland Smith. I mean, again, they're dead. You guys can go look them up. Like, they, they're not alive. You can't do anything with that information. Ulysses S. Grant. Okay. That's another one. Uh -huh. Yeah. All right. So this, <laughs> I'm reading through my notes. This episode had not one, but two stakeouts because then Liz is staking out Eileen again <laughs> outside her house. <laughs> which, which, by the way, like, how safe is that for the queen? Like, just the... <laughs> Out in a like it, w without any kind of like formal like you know motorcade like she's just parked on a residential street where there's a bunch of people walking by is is that really a, a good move for her? I mean, someone wants to make child Charles into king <laughs> early, and they just they didn't take their shot, and now they'll never have it. 
I don't know. This feels like the same scene as the Eden scene because she basically has the same request. She's like, can you just hold off for a little while? And Eileen's like, no, get out of here. <laughs> and I have mad respect for Eileen. No, Eileen is honestly the best side character we've had so far. No offense, Venetia. I really love you, <laughs> but now you're gone. And Eileen has taken your place for this brief moment. No, that was amazing. Like, she was just holding to her guns. And she's like, no, I don't like Mike anymore. He's a terrible father and a terrible husband. And I don't want to be with him anymore. So I forget, though, prior to Elizabeth, you know, confronting Eileen and trying to talk her out of going public, Elizabeth probably didn't really know the full extent of some of the the hijinks that Mike and uh, Philip had gotten up to, right? Like up until that point, it was all like speculation and fear that there might have been something naughty going on. But now, like when she's at Eileen's house, she's actually given the letter, reads it and probably gets into some copious detail that we as the audience are not privy to. Yeah, which um, thanks a lot, um, Crown <laughs> showrunner. I wanted the juicy details. I but. mean, Liz has actually, this is making me think Liz has been on multiple stakeouts now because she also staked out the ballerina, right? Yeah, she did. <laughs> oh, right. But she never confronted her, right? Uh, uh, no. She had an opportunity to, and she didn't take it, which would have been a hilarious scene. Because <laughs> <laughs> I asked her if she wanted to go backstage, and she was like, no. The, divorce, the news of the divorce has gotten into the press. <laughs> Queen Mother doesn't know where Baltimore is. Uh, <laughs> I, I did notice that like Elizabeth knew where Antarctica was and then they just Baltimore they're still working on the geography they have like they go one region at a time but like that one region is like every six months I wonder in 1957 like do more people in the world know about Baltimore or Sandringham where in in London or just, just in, in the general world? I, 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 like, I feel like the Queen Mother had this, like, very um, kind of, like, high and mighty dismissal of Baltimore as if it wasn't, you know, uh, what we'd call, like, uh, you know, tier one city, which, you know, no offense to Baltimore, it isn't. But she just, like, had <laughs> such a contempt for it uh, uh, that, like, it, it made it seem like, oh, this place is, is, is not of any importance. But meanwhile, you're going off to places like Sandringham. And, and now we've lost all four of our Baltimore listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to wager a guess here, I feel very biased in... Are you a big Baltimore fan? Wait. No, I just feel like I know more American cities than I do, like, little hamlets in England. Well, wait, was this peak Edgar Allan Poe? No. Wasn't he in the 1800s? Was he 1800? Yeah, he, he was. was. <laughs> Sorry. When did the Baltimore Ravens become a franchise? Uh, they're. I feel like they're recent. They're probably an expansion team, yeah. I think because they, the, and, and, they were the Colts first, right? And then they moved to Indianapolis? Or is that oh, back, yeah, that's about right. And the Queen Mother probably wasn't a Ravens fan. <laughs> yeah, I, I would guess that more people probably knew about Sandringham than Baltimore. I don't think so. You don't I, think so? Sandringham feels like a pretty minor place. And I feel like if you're thinking about like properties, it's like uh, Buckingham Palace, then probably Windsor, and then whatever the... Ba Balmoral. Balmoral, and that's in Scotland, right? Yeah. And then Sandringham. Is okay, fine. In Baltimore, you win. I mean, Sandringham did also seem very populated when we saw it because there were, again, all of those protesters <laughs> and all of those people at the station. It, it made it seem like it was a bustling metropolis. Yeah. Oh, I just assumed they all showed up to boo Anthony. Boo. They just organized and they were like, let's all go to Sandringham. Good news is we have gained some Sandringham listeners now. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> 
Oh my god. Yeah, and so this becomes the beginning of uh, everybody make sure Philip is on his best behavior. He needs to fire Mike right away. He needs to wear the fancy tie. He needs to shave his beard. He needs to be on A plus behavior. And he, he does it. I mean, he complains about it, but he does it. Um, love getting loved seeing Mike get fired. Oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> Anytime Mike suffered, like I just I did not like him at all. And like the last few episodes, he's just been so like insufferable that um glad to see him go. I, I will say I did get a lot of enjoyment out of when uh, he, you know, left the ship and he had all the photographers chasing him down. And uh, Philip's advice to him or, you know, his his guidance was to just respond to everything with no comment. And, and, and Mike just goes with piss off instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you interact with the press. Mm-hmm. OK, so then they can't send Philip home really early because that will flag that something is incorrect. So instead, Liz will go meet him. Oh, yeah. And that will be less suspicious. And so their first interaction is the most awkward interaction, but I love it. (laughs) There's no, like, warmth. It's just like, we'll talk later. And then they immediately have to go interact with the press. Yeah, and yeah, what I love about that is they were. I think it was 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 that on a plane that 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 they yeah. uh, reunited and yeah, and you had you know all of this uh, you know royal and military staff on that uh, plane and and here were Philip and Elizabeth about to you know put on this you know whole publicity spectacle to make it look like they are in fact you know that everything is hunky dory, but. They have no like need to prove that to their staff. Like the entire staff, as far as like they're <laughs> concerned, might as well just believe that these two people hate each other and that's okay. I know. If a staff member ever chose to write like a memoir, they could just they could probably get rich. They wouldn't need to be a staff member anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> they might have to sign NDAs though. But they if they wanted to break that. Yeah, if they wanted to break that. I feel like that's happened. Or yeah. in- or just talk to reporters using signal. just an anonymous tip and they'd easily be able to figure out who you are then we're back to the scene that we got at the beginning of season two and i feel like we got there faster than i thought we would yeah way faster pretty good pacing though i thought that this was going to be like at least mid-season they would draw it out but within three episodes we're there now they got more stuff to do i guess so. so much more drama to get to yeah, I feel like it, it suddenly revealed itself that this was just like a three-part season premiere all along. Because the, these first three episodes have all been mostly focused on on either, you know, this plot or something that's tangential to it. And yeah, it, it, it felt like this was the, the thrilling conclusion to that serial. Was this the Emmy submission, do we think, this scene? Oh, yeah. Probably. Oh, probably, yeah. At least for one of their two, like, acting nominations but maybe even for writing i mean everything just coalesced around that scene did matt smith get a nomination i mean they would have sent it in i don't know if he got the nom i want to say he was at least nominated uh, claire foy had won i think yeah. one if not both of her years but yeah matt smith i think was at least nominated mm-hmm. yeah um you're lost in your role and you're lost in yourself and i will just say real quick like you know we we can talk all day about prince philip or 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 duke philip or or whatever and what we think of him but matt smith i think especially with this episode just like knocked it out of the park Mm -hmm. like what a performance yeah no he's really good all right so yeah they can't divorce ever that's not an avenue for them what is it going to take and apparently it's just becoming a prince i would have thought it would take more i know that was it 
If only she'd known it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's but it's really weird because now it's like it feels like their relationship has just become fully transactional at this point because essentially they're sitting down basically admitting like oh we don't really have any love or affection for each other at this moment so you know we both know we don't want to be together but divorce isn't an option um and i need you for publicity's sake to look like you're you you still enjoy being married uh, to the monarch so what's it going to take to get you to put a smile on your face like it was just so very direct it was but if i was philip i feel like there's more that i would like I want to be able to fly my plane whenever I want to, to wherever I want to, you know, just like things like that, that he's just been denied and it feels like he gets so angry about in the moment. But <laughs> I feel like this was his time to be just like lay his cards out on the table. He's like, I want A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And he just, fro he just, you know, I just want this. <laughs> and he didn't ask for, he, he lost all of his negotiating skills. Yeah. Did we get any indication that he's getting anything on top of the prince title? I guess maybe we'll find out in subsequent episodes, but that was probably the big thing. Oh, and the mustaches. Oh, and the um, mustaches. He got people to yeah, shave their to mustaches. Shave <laughs> Which is just so wild. I love that. That was one where you're like, go, Philip. This is really funny. I'm glad you got well, this. Well, I can't tell if it's just like, if that's something that he wanted specifically or if it's something that Elizabeth wanted because she was just annoyed that he kept calling them the mustaches. Oh, oh I saw I, I could see Phillip, it going but... either way. Yeah, I'm kind of like I could go I go back and forth on it. I think I think the the like the the theory that he specifically made that request. <laughs> that, something about that is hilarious to me cuz I feel like that's the ultimate power play. It's like an item in an appendix. <laughs> Yeah, like I want you to get some of your servants to alter their appearances for me because I'm the prince now. Um, so they have this big ceremony. So awkward. <laughs> I, I thought it, I, it emotionally moved me. I'm a sucker. You uh, it emotionally moved you? I uh, thought yeah. it was super awkward. There, he's just standing there with the rod. I don't know. And That's... then there's that scene of them. It's like slowly zooming in on them just sitting there. And everybody's just watching them in silence. I don't know. It was know. like Philip won. I, he's going to get his one win. And everybody, everybody sitting there in that room looked so morose. They looked like <laughs> they were at a funeral. I, again, I, I assume that that's just what all... I thought it was really awkward. ...royal engagements are like, so... Um, but I'm glad that it worked for you. Yeah. <laughs> Like, but when we think about like what a uh, like a happy and triumphant event Elizabeth's coronation was, like in contrast to this, where it, the mood was so somber. Oh, it was the same as when like in the first episode he got his new titles. Like I don't know, it's just what this is just what they do for Philip. Oh, see that's that seemed more jolly to me. Like th this was like there was not a single smile on anyone's face, and even Philip himself like looked like he had to almost force back a grin probably it was probably like nah sir this is very serious um you can't look happy that's uh you're now becoming a god's image or whatever they think the yeah and to, is. i guess to bring this back to season one i can't picture a world where tommy and michael adine are okay with this so i'm very curious like how that conversation went down when elizabeth was like we have to make philip a prince and then she has to convince them because I can't see her doing, I can't see them budging. Good point. Good point. A typical Crown episode would have shown uh, us uh, Elizabeth talking to Tommy and or Michael to ask permission and then them telling her, oh, this is why that would mess with the institution and you can't do it. Yeah. Character growth, Elizabeth. I guess, is, yeah, I guess uh, we're forced to assume character growth. 
Or, I mean, is there any reason they wouldn't have opposed it? Like, maybe they understood yeah, they what him. was they at stake. they have to shave their mustaches. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy like, doesn't. He's retired. But don't you think that on some level, like, they understood that, like, if they didn't give Prince Philip this thing that he wanted, then he would have continued to create major headaches for the crown. So they probably saw it as a necessary evil. Yeah, that could be it, too. All right. And then the last scene of the episode, Phil goes to visit Mike in... <laughs> a gloomy apartment and mike is going to return to australia i'd forgotten he was from australia to be completely honest his accent does not uh shout australian to me yeah same i forgot uh did we ever know no did we i thought maybe i'm confusing mike with lionel from the king's speech (laughs) 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 whoops i don't know I thought we knew. Or you're confusing it with the time that they, uh, like, uh, Elizabeth and Philip went to Australia. I feel like he would have said something because they were just in Sydney, and I feel like he said something about having yeah. lived in Australia. Like, he, oh. he, like, was he there with them? Like, would he have been like, I'm going to go pop off to the pub and catch up with some old mates? Like, it just wasn't relevant that he was from Australia until he has to mention he's going back to Australia. We don't give Mike any, uh, any details. Wait, so, so that... That place that he visited Mike at the end, that wasn't the, the house that Eileen lives in that we saw earlier, right? This was a separate residence? Yeah, yeah. I feel like this is like the sad apartment that you get when you're kicked out by your spouse. Oh, yeah. okay. For yeah, sure. it's a classic. <laughs> classic sad say, apartment. It, 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 it kind of looked similar, but much more gloomy. And Phil reveals that Elizabeth wants more kids, mm-hmm. so... Which is... Okay, Elizabeth. I'm shocked after their last interaction that she wants more kids. That's how um, they always used to fix marriages back then. They would just have more kids. Yeah. And Mike is like, yeah, because Charles sucks. You're so mean. He's just a little kid at this well, point. Like, he doesn't well, okay. even suck so yet. If we were... If we were to like buy into this theory that like Mike has about how Charles is unlovable because he's going to replace Elizabeth and therefore she can never truly have affection for him. And so these additional kids that are now maybe on the way are going to actually fill the role of being, like you said, like children just for the sake of being children. She can kind of love them without any reservation. So where does that leave Anne? I, 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 like, she what, just hates Anne. What role is Anne she is filling? not enough. But I think that's funny because I don't know. It seems like Charles actually likes William. So uh, maybe he realized that his mom hated him. And he's like, I'm not going to do that to my firstborn. <laughs> All right. And that's that's really the episode. Anything that we missed here? Oh, well, uh, I, I, we didn't comment. But uh, that line about the beards being shifty, uh, very frustrating that that, again, was just the only line that Margaret had in the episode and her only appearance. Maybe she'll do more later, and that's why they have to end the storyline. <laughs> yeah. Very very curious to see where things go from here. Like, three episodes focusing on Philip, I assume we're probably... They're, they're, he's just going to maybe step back and blend into the background for the next couple of episodes. Yeah. He had his time to shine. He's done now. Oh, Margaret. Come back, Margaret. You're so great. Vanessa Kirby, give her more. Actually, that does remind me of one quick thing. The idea that like Eileen wanted to divorce Mike years earlier, but didn't because of all the stuff with Peter and Margaret. It's like, who cares about them? Like, I, I don't know why that would have made her hold back. They just needed all these um, storylines to align in a way that would be most dramatic. So they just like gave her a weird motivation that no one understands. You know, typical writer things. I don't know. Eileen, there's never a right time. There's never a good time. You got to just do it. 
Well, I mean, she did say the reason she she's doing it is because things got worse and didn't improve. But it, it still seems weird that Margaret and Peter were what was previously holding her back. She wanted to get a newspaper headline and wouldn't have been able to get one then, I guess. Maybe in the Baltimore Sun. Yeah, maybe in the Baltimore Sun. Actually, one thing that I forgot. So when Anthony um, steps down and retires, he blames it again on his health. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, well, the do- it's really not me. It's not anything that I'm choosing. It's the doctors. What can I do? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there is probably... Uh, there has not been and probably never will be another crown character that I'm more happy to hopefully never see again than <laughs> Anthony Eden. Like he is hopefully just off our screens and out of our lives moving forward. <laughs> Jeez. I had such like a neutral negative opinion. Like he just made no impact. But that's the thing. It's like he wasn't he didn't ever even get to that status of like love to hate him. He was just Mm -hmm. this very mediocre character and and mediocre man all along. Is he still alive? (laughs) Is he dead? I would think he looks pretty Uh, old. I I guess he's dead. (laughs) I don't know, guys. I guess it is the 60s. I mean, he he was only, I think, 29 in this episode. (laughs) Look, I, I, I don't even know. I don't know. There's. Like, I think Claire Foy was probably, like, in her 30s during this. And, like, how old is Elizabeth right now? I have no idea. I can't do math. I don't know when she was born. Uh, Anthony Eden died in 1977. Well, then. Okay. He was born in 1897. Oh, oh my God. To look stuff up, Sam. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's against the spirit of this show. Okay. Okay. If you're going to do that, then I'm also going to break the rules one more time here. Okay. And please tell me it's whether, to look up McMillan's first name. Uh, no, I'm going to look <laughs> up to see if Eileen ever remarried because I want her to. Well, I feel like we'll get that in the show. I feel like if we are truly never going to see Anthony Eden again, or do you think Eileen is gone? Do you think Eileen is done with the series now? Is a three episode arc oh, I, for her? I think I think Mike and Eileen are both gone. I like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would would there ever be a reason to see Eileen again? Like she, I mean, she by design wants to completely distance herself from the royal family now. Yeah. She went out in a blaze of glory. Who are we more likely to see again, Peter or Eileen? I would say (laughs) Peter. 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 Oh, okay. Uh, So let's see. Eileen Parker got married again in 1962 and then, oh, divorced that one as well. Oh, oh, that's a bummer. Are you are you glad you looked uh, this up, Ivan? <laughs> Was this no, worth let's it? Let's never do this again. Let's never do this again. <laughs> uh, okay, shall we move on to Kinky Crown Awards? Yes, because there were definitely some moments here. I only have one. Can I go first? <laughs> sure, Carlin, you may go first. Okay, so when. Anthony and Elizabeth were talking. There was one point where Anthony says the line that some men make history by going down. That was the whole line. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Can I just say, Carlin arrived at my apartment, and this was the first thing she said was, I have one thing for Kinky Crown, and I need to say it first. You better not take it. Sam always gets so many, so sometimes I just assume he's gonna get it. I didn't have that actually, but that's great. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's my and, not, and not the one I was expecting actually. Really? Yeah, I, I, I thought that was really obvious, but um, I thought the, I mean, I thought the obvious one was just the letter that um, 
Elizabeth sent to Philip on the boat that they're reading out loud. That they never read completely, and so yeah. I don't know what she was going to say. Yeah. Yes. Mike cuts him off. Mike, again, ruining the moment. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, suffice it to say, a very warm welcome awaits, I guess, the Duke at that point. <laughs> um, jokes yeah. on him. There was no warm welcome. There was, there was not, no. Well, and the other thing about that is, though, because Philip was fo- forced to shave his beard, like, they never got to act out whatever was being suggested in that letter. Um, well, if I know English explorers, they would have been uh, acting out scurvy. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously this. You wanted it every bit as much as I did. <laughs> uh, Ivan, do you have anything hey, else, or on. is that what you were thinking of? Hold, hold on. Was that clip... Uh, what was that Anthony Eden talking to the party about going to war? Mm-hmm. Okay, just wanted to make sure because that that clip sounds an awful lot like Winston. Too. I know. It does. Yeah. Are they both <laughs> they, American trying to do British accents? <laughs> uh, I mean, got my my uh, nomination isn't like particularly overt, but I was just gonna propose the entire breakup scene between uh, Mike and Philip. Oh. <laughs> Who do you think um, Philip most likely got angry sex from, Mike or Elizabeth? I, I mean, Elizabeth wants more kids, so I'm going to say Elizabeth. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go with Carlin's. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go with Carlin's as well. Oh, my God, three out of three. Yeah, that was a good one. I didn't Thank even you. notice I didn't even notice when I was watching it, but now it's like it's all I can think of. <laughs> we need to get the sound clip of that and just play it. It's so good. No, not you don't have to do it now. I just mean for future episodes. When <laughs> <laughs> but that's important. But now I want to hear it now. When? Wait, when did this happen? It was during their meeting. It was like when they were talking about um, like some men go down in history by doing nothing or like and then hits some spots. <laughs> Is it some men <laughs> go down? Make, make history by going down. Yeah. And he was like making eye. I feel like he was like sheepishly, like not really making eye contact with Elizabeth, like as if. No, 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 no. There was, there, there was none of that subtext there. This is something that exists only in your head. Well, no, I know, I know. He was actually embarrassed because he sucks as a prime minister, but it was just too good. So I suppose it's only natural that ambitious men, driven men, want to go down in history. Or make history by going down. <laughs> okay, I hear it now. <laughs> so oh my god, that's what this is for. Wow. Okay. Touche. Touche. That was great. I think we we just lost the Sandringham listeners. <laughs> Maybe we got the Baltimore ones back though. Maybe that did it. Maybe. <laughs> Well, this was really fun. I'm glad that we had the chance to talk this episode because, you know, I feel like a lot happened here and I feel like we've been waiting for this episode and now season two can just like move on. Mm -hmm. Let's see if more kids show up. All right. Because we obviously don't know that. (laughs) No, I feel like we do know that, but sure. (laughs) No. I feel like that we know. We can can be like, yes, we know more kids will show up and they're not great kids. (laughs) (laughs) I think one of them's okay. Spoiler alert, it does not go well 70 years later. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't I think six years later. that old. <laughs>
Who do you think they're going to get to play Jeffrey Epstein in season six? Oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. I I don't know if they're ever going to get to Harry and Meghan, but, like, because they get such hot actors to play, like, relatively normal-looking people, like, when they <laughs> get to Meghan. I mean, again, I don't think they're going to get to Meghan or, like, Kate. Like, they're going to oh have to find God. the hottest actresses ever. <laughs> they're they're going to have Meghan played by Zendaya. Oh, my God. That's not bad, I guess. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> they look um, nothing alike. They, I hope they don't do that. Yeah. No. Um, Ivan, if people want to find you, um, on social media, where can they do that? Uh, again, an increasingly limited number of places. So, uh, what, what's our Twitter handle again? It is at Crown Around Pod on Twitter. Clearly being actively used. Yes. But- <laughs> Carlin, what about you? Where can people find you on the social media? Um, that would be on Twitter at Carlin Greenwald and Instagram at Carlin underscore G E E. All right, and uh, you can find me on Twitter um, at Sir Sam Chung. Again, the uh, Twitter for the podcast is at Crown Around Pod, and you can find all of our earlier episodes at our website www.paginatedmedia.com/slash Crowning Around, or on any platform where podcasts are available. Next week, we will be talking The Crown Season 2, Episode 4, Barrel, when Elizabeth and Philip throw a grand party for their 10th anniversary. Both Margaret and the new Prime Minister experience romantic tribulations. What? I don't know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We're getting a a Quiburn romance subplot? (laughs) Something nobody asked for. Um, Oh, man. Yeah. So... Stay tuned for that. Cannot wait. (laughs) Ivan is called Time Out. So we're coming at you post. And God save the queen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my bad. I should, we should probably do that again. All right. I'll do the end. No, no, no. No, no, no. This is how we end. This is. (laughs) God save the queen. Sorry. It's been a minute. (laughs) 